Welcome to Fate Family in the Force. I'm Anna Beth. And I'm Oliver. Thanks for joining us. Guys, we are so excited for this episode today because today we have one of my good college buddies, Darren, on the show. Yeah, we're talking about dealing with difficulty and Darren is currently in pilot training and he had to pause pilot training for a while, which I know can be super frustrating, but he has some good advice about it. Absolutely. Darren is full of wisdom and just has some awesome sayings. So listen up closely during the podcast and you'll catch some of those cool vernaculars. Yes. And if you have a second, go and rate and review our show on iTunes. If you like it. If you don't, don't give us a bad review. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Also, look out for our continuous post on Instagram. And don't forget to drop us a follow and keep an eye out in the show notes for it. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Darren. Welcome to our newest guest on the show today. We're having Darren Williamson, a good friend of mine. And Darren, why don't you start off talking a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, just a little bit. All the fun facts. All the fun facts. Okay. Um, I think the first thing is I grew up in Paris, Texas. I'm not technically a Texan. I was born in Arizona, but I mean, I spent my entire life in terms of like growing up and being raised in Texas, so I consider myself to be Texan. Um, went to school with you, Ollie, obviously. Um, run two teams together. That's how we met. Um, had some great times there. Some not so great times there, you know how it goes, but. Uh, yeah, did that, and then now I'm in pilot training here in Oklahoma, just, you know, trying to do the thing, get wings, so, yeah. For sure, man, dude, I know we, a lot of our audience, some of them know, some of them don't know that I was a collegiate cheerleader, and that's how we made our friendship, and so for everyone out there who didn't know, yes, I was a collegiate cheerleader for a couple of years, and it was a blast, I learned a lot about myself, we grew, I got bigger and stronger, and it was awesome. <laughs> So, when the episode comes out, I'll post a picture of y'all cheering. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, fun question to get us kind of loosey-goosey here. If you could have any superpower, just one superpower, what would it be, and would you use it for good or for evil? Uh, see, I wish you would give me like a superhero, but one superpower. I think it's got to be to manipulate time. Manipulate Ooh. time? Okay. Okay. Good or evil? I mean, depends on the weather, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like some of the things, it's just like, you know, like there's like the deeper philosophical questions of like, you know, the whole like, I think they call it the baby Hitler thing. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Baby Hitler question. Baby Hitler. But then it's like bigger things, just like, well, what if I just wanted to like go back and invest in Microsoft back when it was like in the garage? Yeah. You know, like no, no, nobody would really be hurt by it. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe somebody would want to go change the world. And somebody would be like, yeah, I just would like to have a couple of million or billion dollars hanging out. Just, like, <laughs> just a couple. couple of world, right? yeah, that sounds reasonable. I, I like it. The chaotic neutral answer there is like, depends on the weather. Maybe yeah. it's good today. Maybe it's evil. I mean, I'd probably be like a Jeff Goldblum personality. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right, next question, and kind of the last fun question, because I think you can They're tell, all fun questions. They're all fun questions, <laughs> but I think you can tell a lot by a person of how they answer, like, what their favorite food is, and for this specific question, we'll limit it to that you'll eat this food for the rest of your life. Every single meal, what, what, what food would you pick to, like, eat for the rest of your life? Okay, so, I mean, can I just say casserole? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That works. When you think about it, 
you can make there's breakfast casserole, yeah. there's lasagna as a casserole, green bean casserole. I mean, you could make anything into a casserole. I mean, it's like a pie. You could also make anything into a pie. Always options, always options. But I mean, I think I have to go with casseroles. You know, That's a good answer. Pop it in the oven, you don't have it for days. Okay, so do y'all think that a quiche is also a pie? Because I saw this on a TV show the other day. It has a pie crust. Right. Arguably, I guess it's like an egg pie. An egg pie. I I think a quiche is a quiche. Like I would, but it's like literally it. the same thing as a pie. I mean, honestly, it is, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Two nope. against one. You're wrong. I'm wrong. So. <laughs> at the same time, though, I mean, the only difference between a quiche and a frittata is the crust, right? Yeah, that's true. So, to our listeners, a lot of people don't know this, but Darren also spent a lot of time in the kitchen learning to cook and makes perhaps some of the best food that you'll ever put in your mouth. It's yes. so tasty. We I've eaten like two meals of Darren's and they're both like the best meals I've ever had. <laughs> we means a lot to me though, for sure. We still use your rib recipe from Ring Dance. No so, like, kidding. Every yeah. time I make ribs, I make sure I get like a good cut of ribs, soak it in apple, apple juice, like boil it in apple juice and everything. A little so bay leaves, <laughs> leaves of bay. What is it? Bay leaves. Bay leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just oh man, this make your own rub with it, and oh, it's just so delicious, so good. I mean, for the first time, I want to say it was for, you know, McKenzie. Uh, it was, I went to Matt's wedding in North Carolina a few months ago, and I was just like, I had some time to kill, so I went to explore a restaurant, and for the first time ever, I uh, had a food experience made my eyes water, right? So it's like, I like ate, I took a bite, and I was just like, like, I'm like bringing a tear to my eye, and I was like, okay, I, was like, I know that it can be done, like, people aren't like being, you know, it's not hyperbole, people aren't being traumatic. So we know it's a thing. It's just like, how can I do this over, like, how can I get to this point and then do it consistently? So like, that's like my new goal is to like find that food, find that thing that I can do that like brings a, like, you know, to bring a little bit of a tear that makes someone just be overwhelmed with like the taste that they're having. So that's like my new thing. You know, I, I got a hold of some like vintage 1970s pots, like the copper bottom, you know, stainless steel, you know, like what cooking should be done in a bunch yeah. of like, bunch of cast iron skillets you know it's just like all right like i get down in the kitchen I'm, I'm just trying to find like whatever that meal is just like makes people's eyes like you know water but like in that heartwarming kind of way so darren you have you yeah. have an instagram account that's like don't play with your foodie right and that the yeah, handle of it dude, exactly dude we will guys we will drop <laughs> we'll link, it we'll for link sure. darren's instagram account in the show notes and everything and we'll even post a little bit about it on our instagram yeah. too uh, give you a little shout out there because I look at I look at some of the pictures on there and I just think of all the great adventures that we had when we were in Colorado yeah. and when we were in New York in Little Italy. Oh man, like oh, man, that was always looking for good food. <laughs> we didn't take any pictures of that though, did we? No, we didn't, dude. We covered, I mean, we hit all of the major food hubs in New York. I mean, we went to Little Italy. We went to Chinatown. We went to. Brooklyn for soul food. I mean, we covered all the great places. Yes. And we did that pizza off the square. Oh my gosh. Was it Alejandro's? Oh, man. <laughs> Alex's Alejandro's something. But that is the best pizza 
Cool. Right there by the Scientology Church. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know the name of it, but I know it's right there by the church. Yeah, so if you're yeah. ever in New York City, you guys. And Find the Scientology right Church. Off, it's right off of Times Square. Like, you look down the street, and there's this huge Scientology Church, and then there's a little pizza place. And I swear, it was probably like 9 o'clock in the morning, and we were there for, like, pizza and a cup of coffee. And they were open. It, yeah, like New York never sleeps. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. We're at like midnight, remember? The, for spring break? Yeah. So it's like we found the place multiple times. <sighs> Incredible food, guys. Um, but yeah, I'm about to go on a food adventure um, next week. I leave on Tuesday. I'll go back to Denver, you know, kind of stomping grounds a little bit. And then I'll go to Salt Lake City, Boise. And then from Boise, I'll be checking out Portland and Seattle. So. Hopefully, we can find some good food over there. Yes. Nice. Okay. Nice. That would be awesome. I went to Portland um, in November. Yeah. Back in November. Okay. We have good food. Very good food. We went to, like, Voodoo Donuts, of course, because everybody Ooh. talks about it. And they really are, like, very good donuts. Um, but then just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, even in Portland, just any, like, restaurant downtown we walked in, it always, always had good food. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for big things for sure. Yes. So kind of moving on to like a little bit more what we talk about on Faith, Family, and the Force here about like, can you talk to us why you joined the Air Force, why you went to the Academy and like became a pilot? Like what was some of your reasoning behind that? I mean, it's kind of a mixed thing, right? So part of it, looking back on it, I mean, we've had someone in my family has been in the military going back to like Stonewall Jackson, you know, okay. so we're talking way back, like pre-Civil War, I mean, like it's way back there. But it's one of those things that, I mean, I never intentionally was like, oh, I'm going to go to the military whenever it's time for me to pick a career, go to college. It was one thing that actually growing up I and mean, being raised primarily by and surrounded by primarily enlisted folks. Um, they always kind of like, hey, you know, like you're quote unquote too smart for the military, whatever, blah, 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 like go to college, get a degree, like do something else. And it was something that like, that was just like, okay, that's what they said to do. So I'm going to go do what they told me to do. I don't know any better. And then I got to my, my junior year of high school, right? And like, I always knew that I wanted to go to school somewhere, not Texas, or at least not small town Texas. You know, I wanted to go somewhere bigger, but probably out of Texas, just kind of experience things and see things. And I kind of always thought in my head, like, MIT would be great, Caltech would be great, and it was only because I wanted to be a civil engineer and design bridges. I mean, that was honestly what it was. I saw a video of Tacoma Narrows, and I was like, I'm going to make sure that never happens again. I'm going to design the best bridges there is, or there are, you know? And it was just like, okay, like, I don't know why, I'm do like, why I feel so compelled about this, but I do. And so like, I was looking at, like, engineering schools, um, and then my junior year of high school was around, you know, like, that's kind of time that recruiters get real heavy in terms of, like, trying to get your attention and like kind of like get folks to enlist, things like that. And um, Marine Recruiter came into one of our classes and spoke to us a little bit. And, you know, he wore, obviously he wore his dress uniform. And I was just like, for me, it was just like the whole thing about enlisting, eh, like whatever, you know, I mean, like it was your typical speech. Like that didn't really like catch me, but it was like him as a person, how he carried himself, his posture, he interacted with people around him something about that kind of resonated and I was like he's really proud of what he's accomplished and he has a lot of pride in himself what he stands for and I was like honestly it's like I really you know I really want something like that like a purpose to be contributing to like I was like I love that you know and sometimes like okay well I don't know about the marines you know but my uncle went to the naval academy so like maybe 
I can look at uh, the Naval Academy for Civil Engineering. Well, they didn't have the degree that I was looking for. They had like, their version of it, but it was more primarily structures in the ocean. And I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about being in the water. You know, I, like, I just yeah. don't really want to be swimming, especially underwater, doing like welding. So that, that's just not fun to me. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, we're moving on. It's like I saw the special about West Point on like the History Channel about like their, like they called it the Beast, you know, like basic training. And I was like, well, I don't want to go there. Like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> maybe the Air Force has, like, an academy. So I typed in, I literally Googled Air Force Academy Civil Engineering undergraduate. And this would be about December or so, about December, I think it was December of, you know, 2011. So it's like I'm a junior in high school. And lo and behold, there is an Air Force Academy, and they have some civil engineering degrees. So it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, this is a thing. And they had just opened up, um, they just opened up registration for a summer seminar, you know, to kind of like take cadets to, or take, I guess, prospective cadets into and like kind of see the wing and see what happens there and kind of get a taste for it and see if they wanted to do it. So it's like, Hmm, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll look into this, you know? So I, uh, I told my mom about it the next day and she was just like, obviously it was all over her head, but she was like, okay, it sounds great. I mean, like, that's all, like I listed out, you know, like going to school and having a job and everything else. And she was like, well, that sounds super awesome. Like, yeah, if you want to do it, like go for it. So then like I went with my, I went to my grandfather and I was just like, we were having lunch at, I think it was a Hastings back when Hastings was like more, I guess more widely spread you know, you could find one. We went to a Hastings and, you know, sitting there in a little coffee shop and we were talking about everything. And he was just like, so what are your plans for college? You know, cause it was, it was getting at that time you start looking and trying to do college business and stuff. And I told him, I was like, yeah, so there's an air force academy. I told him all about it. And I was just like, so yeah, I want to go to this summer seminar and everything. And so he was like, I, and he was like, okay. And he was like, so what do you need to get there? And I was like, well, registration is this much, you know, and then I'll, I'll fly up there. And he starts, he pulls out his wallet, starts shelling out hundreds Oh, wow. like, I was like, okay, and you just like, you told me to stop, and I, I, you know, I stopped him at like, I think like six hundred bucks. I was like, I think that should get me that would pay the registration and for a plane ticket. He's like, okay, you know, it's like, go. And I was like, well, I'm not in yet. I don't know. And he's like, well, you know, keep it. I have faith in you. And it's just like, okay, no pressure, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I put in the application. Like, I mean, like the next day, I put in the application to try to be considered to go to this you know, summer program. I did it all. Um, they an ALO called me, or the air uh, the air liaison officer called me, and she was just like, kind of gave me like a quick interview in terms of like who I was and if I was a good fit, you know. Um, sent on all of like the transcript type stuff that I had available at the time, and I got lucky enough to get selected to go, and I went and had a. I mean, it was a blast. There was a you know a portion of time that wasn't so great that I tried to teach you, you know, like you would your first year, but I mean it was fine. Um, and for me, it was just like I met some really great people there. And in fact, it's kind of crazy thing about like some of the people that I met there. I they also went to the academy, and like I said, we've been friends all that time, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's going on what eight years now, you know. We've been friends, so it's kind of cool to think about that. But um, yeah, so it was like I went. I started to go for the free college opportunity for the opportunities in terms of a job and everything afterwards. But then it was like, well, let me stay. And I think what makes a lot of people stay is I mean, the people, you know, I mean, something that's just like, it's hard to find a group of like-minded people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, different goals in life. But like, they're kind of almost in essence made of a lot of the same stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So something for me, that was just like 
being surrounded by so many people. I mean, I was kind of feeling like I was, honestly, that I was like, I was anything crazy or like arrogant, like meant for more, but like I feel like I had a different mindset, different mentality than going to where there were 4,000 people that were, had a very similar kind of makeup, but expressed in different, you know, traits, different uh, desires, different things like that. It's just like, wow, this is so great that like, we all have a lot of the same traits, but it's like, here we are expressing them differently. We have different goals, we have different mindsets. So it was just kind of like one of those things just like, I can go and be better. I can go and learn. I can go be surrounded by people who know what it's like to be like, hmm, I'm in high school and no one else is like me. Where can I find people like me? So yeah. it was just so great to kind of like find like that area, you know? And it was also humbling um, going from a, a town of 25,000, um, a school of, 1200 you know where it was just like very much big fish small pond kind of thing to like normal fish huge pond just like wow this guy is a genius he got perfect scores on all of this testing you know what i mean like he can sleep through every class and still get all a's yeah. without even trying you know and it's like people like me just like yeah i i didn't know how to study for my first couple of years so it's like mm-hmm. i've learned now you know so it's like people like that it's just like so great to kind of have that home experience of like yeah like you know like things in life don't always come easily and you've got to work for it. And sometimes you fail and that's okay too. So yeah, I would say I stayed for the people and then picking for the to answer this last part of the question, picking the pilot training portion. Um, that was kind of a, I don't say a no brainer for me because I definitely didn't, didn't initially want to be a pilot, but as I met people throughout the air force and their careers and stuff, I never met a pilot who was unhappy with being a pilot. You know, I mean, they may not like certain aspects of their job, certain requirements, but I've never met a pilot who was just like, Ugh, I had to go fly an airplane today. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, they were always pumped to just go out and fly and to go do the things, whether it be something, you know, like what you see in like a Transformers movie where they're blowing stuff up or if it's like moving people from A to B. I mean, I've never met a pilot who's just who was like, oh, I can't believe that I had to go fly an airplane. But like, you meet other people who's like, eh, like I mean, the job's okay, but I'm making really great connections for whenever I'm a civilian. Right. Just like, oh, fine, but you know, what I mean, like in terms of like immediate job satisfaction, I had not met many people. I've not met a, I guess, a like, higher percentage proportionally to, I mean, in terms of like being satisfied and happy with what they chose. So, I mean, it's just like. Hmm. I feel like it's a no-brainer. Like, everybody's happy here. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So, I love that because that, that like, that whole monologue right there, like, really resonates with a lot of people who went to the service academy you go for, whether it's the free college yeah. or just an opportunity that's you really can't pass up once you're kind of, mm-hmm. you know, into it. And then you realize, I mean, I think, almost everyone realizes, wow, I'm really doing this because I've made such great friendships and the people, you know, I'm, they got my back. I got their back type of mentality. Yeah. I think everybody I've talked to that went to the Air Force Academy all has a different story of like why they went and how they got there. But usually at the end, they're like, I'm glad that I went because I'm like serving this higher purpose than just myself. For sure. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So Darren, kind of moving on to like the theme of this spring, these spring episodes that we have going on are like coping with difficult times. And I know you and I had a lot of difficult times at the Academy, just getting in trouble or whatever the case is. (laughs) So we won't talk about those. We'll just talk about like, um, kind of more recently with your (laughs) What's that? 
You want to tell the PB and J story? No, 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 no. So, um, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, so you recently suffered an injury to your shoulder. Can you talk about like kind of what that was and like how you're kind of how you cope with difficulties and stress in your life? Yeah. So, um, initially, I was slotted to finish my training. You know, it's been a couple months ago now. I'm finished in January, or so. Um, and I had just started kind of the last phase of my training and I was going to the gym before we had, you know, some classes and I had some that evening. So I was just going to go get a quick workout in, you know, do the normal stuff. I actually want to say that it was for a powerlifting competition. There was going to be a powerlifting competition in like October, this was August or so. And I was getting kind of juiced up for that, getting ready to go for that. And I was just trying to see like where I was at and see like kind of like how it would do. And I was, there was a, a typical shoulder workout in my opinion, you know, I mean, nothing abnormal about it. Um, kind of about the middle to the middle end of the workout, I was doing dumbbell shoulder press and there was once one rep and one set. I mean, it wasn't the beginning. It was just kind of like in the middle of it, but I was just like, I was going up and I remember thinking, Hmm, that way it's going a little bit of a different direction than I normally, that it normally goes. But I remember thinking like, Oh, it's no problem. I will, you know, like anatomically, it has to go back where it needs to go to get to the top. Like it's going to be fine. So I just kind of kept pushing, and I was just like, as I got further, it was like, wow, it's going further away than where it needs to be. It's like, uh, this is weird. It's like, but I can't stop now. Like, it'll get to the, it'll get to the top and get to the center where I need to be later. And that was kind of like that moment where I probably looking back at it, it as like, I had I just like stopped and put it back down, I, I would have been fine. Um, but I chose to kind of push through. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I tried to push through and try to finish where I needed to be. And there's that moment where it kind of stalled out. And I remember thinking, as soon as it stalled out, I was like, oh, this isn't good. And there's kind of this pop. And then internally, it's like pop, click, rip, stretch, you know, all the way down. And it goes from being here to like out and around and back down again. And so I dropped the weight and I dropped that weight. And then I put the other weight down. And it's just like I kind of stand up and I'm like trying to roll it forward. And it's like, hmm, this doesn't feel great, but we don't, I don't know yet. So I go ahead and rack the I go ahead and rack the weights up and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I should probably stop here. Like, we should go ahead and get this checked out, make sure that like we're okay. Um, because I had suffered previous dislocation back in high school and you know, had to go through like a very similar injury, and it's just like everyone told me it was a bruise or it was a sprain, you know. So I pushed through for a year and a half playing, you know, football and everything else, and it was something that just got worse and worse and worse with time. So I was like, yeah, let's just go ahead and play it safe. Like, what's an extra 20 minutes of the gym going to do compared to potentially a serious injury? So I go kind of asking around, saying, hey, like, I think I might have just dislocated my shoulder. Can you just check to make sure, like, is there anyone here that can, like, run it through, you know, like a range of motion, roll around, whatever you need to do to kind of determine, at least in the joint, before I go about my day? Mm-hmm. And kind of I got the same response from everybody. It was just, like, kind of wide-eyed, like, um, are you, like, are you sure you dislocated? And it's like, I mean, I think so. And it's like, well, you're not like in a lot, you don't seem to be in a lot of pain. You're not on the ground screaming. Like, are you sure? And I'm just like, yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I'm, I am a little bit worried about it. And then it's like, okay, well, they kind of walked me over to a guy who used to do like high, you know, athletic training for one of the high schools. And he kind of warned me through some stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's like, I think you'd be on the ground, like kind of screaming if you were dislocated. So it's like, you're probably fine. You know, maybe a couple days off with some ice and you should be back in it, you know, like later this week. And it's like, I mean, you're telling me the things that I want to hear, but I, in my gut, I feel like you're probably wrong. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I appreciate, you know, it's like, you at least think that it's in the joint. So it's like, I can probably continue my day and we'll deal with this later. I kind of call to follow up with, you know, like the flight, uh, the flight med clinic and it's like, hey guys, like, 
I might have hurt my shoulder. Is there any way that I can just see this? Make sure things on the up and up before we go too far with this. Like, I don't want to, I'd hate for it to be a problem that affected my performance or whatever later on. And it's like, yeah, well, we can get you in. It's like three or four days from then, or we can go to the ER. It's like, well, that's kind of extreme. You know, it's like, is there anything yeah. in between, like an appointment tomorrow or the next day? It's like, I don't know if I want to wait four days because it's kind of going numb. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. But I also don't want to like go to the ER because like, I think that's a little bit more extreme than what I need. Right. So, yeah, well, sorry, that's kind of all we can do. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just try to wait. And I went to go kind of talk to, you know, folks in my chain of command in terms of like what was going on. And I looked down during the conversation, it had gone numb already, like uh, from like the elbow down to like my fingers, I couldn't feel them. So I was like, yeah, like, it is numb. And I looked down, I remember my hand being like that, like if you like tied a band off, you know, above your elbow, mm-hmm. like, my hand was like kind of a purplish color and it was real cold. And I was like, mm, okay, maybe. And I was like, yeah, get out of here. Like, just go, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I go to the ER and kind of send your story. It's like, yeah, well, you don't seem to be in a lot of pain. So just... Like, you're probably fine to be back next week. Like, you know, just take it easy for a little bit. It's like, I still think you're wrong, but, like, you're telling me what I want to hear. So, okay, we'll see how it goes. And kind of fast forward, we do the MRI, do everything, we get checked out, and it comes back. It's like, yeah, dude, you probably tore your labrum. All of your cartilage on the inside is gone, you know. I mean, it's like, we don't think you dislocated it, but you definitely tore this from the cartilage off. And it's like, okay, like, we'll check it out. And they're just like, yeah, like, you can't fly for a little bit. We get to the surgeon, the surgeon's like, yeah, well, you probably dislocated to tear the cartilage off, but we'll see when we get in there, but you definitely need surgery at, the min- at a minimum to clean up all the debris mm-hmm. to get more cartilage in there, you know, we, so that kind of pulled me from training, it's like, hey, we don't know how I'm going to be out, but, like, we're just going to keep you out, and, like, I remember kind of fighting to stay in just to finish and then have surgery, and, you know, it's kind of a back and forth thing, I ended up getting pulled anyways, but uh, we got to the surgery, the surgery went well, but when they're kind of coming out of it, he's like, yeah, so it turns out you've got a lot more damage than we initially anticipated. So it's like you had to put, you know, bone anchors in and sew it back down and everything else. It's like, it's great. It should be good now. But just so you know, you're probably going to be out for six to seven months. It's like, oh, that's not what we want to hear. But, you know, okay, we'll, we'll deal with it. So now we're kind of, I mean, we're three, almost four months past that point, you know, and so that the recovery has been going well. Um, physical therapy has been brutal, but, you know, successful thus far. Um, so I was looking like I will kind of jump back in in a couple in the next month or so and kind of like finish up behind, you know, my initial timeline. But at this point, you know, it's like, what's a couple months in terms of a, you know, 10, 15, 20 year career, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the long term health in terms of a personal standpoint is bigger than me. So at the end of the day, I want to be able to play with my kids, you know, so those are the kind of things that I kind of think about. But yeah, so I remember like initially... I want to say it's like almost denial, you know, a little bit of shock. Uh, it's like, wow, I've been working so hard all this time up until this point, And now you're telling me that I'm not going to be able to do this with the friends that I've grown close to, with the people that I've come yeah. to really care for. Um, and the, I think the most frustrating part initially was that I, I mean, I knew in my gut that I something that I could perform, that I could push through, I could make it work. Um, but they weren't letting me. So like, that's kind of my frustration. It was just like, we could do this. Like, I can do this. Why aren't you trusting me? Um, and then it kind of became more of a, it's out of my hands. I have no control over it. This is just how things are. Um, and it's something that, I mean, even now, I can't say, like, I can't point to one specific thing. But yet, this right here is why, this right here was God's plan. I think it all ends up being part of God's plan, right? So it's something that, whether it is the extra time for me to, you know, 
be here in this kind of, I don't say preparatory stage, but this like position before, you know, the, the next step. I mean, I don't know if it's like just more time there to kind of like get myself together and to think about things and kind of consider what I really want. I don't know if it's being closer to my family for more time. You know, this is the closest I'll ever be to home. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't even point to one specific thing, but yet this right here is probably why God has it in his plan to be this way. But it's something that, I mean, I think all of it has been very beneficial for me in terms of my personal growth, my spiritual growth, where I'm at in my life. I think it's been, it's come to be a blessing. I didn't realize it, recognize it initially, but I've always kind of had that open mindset of like, okay, well, this isn't what I wanted. This is very unfortunate, but like, every emotion you feel requires at least a little bit of energy to feel it. So it's like, why put energy towards something negative? You know, when you mm-hmm. can so it's like, I always tried to have a very positive outlook. If nothing else, be like when it first happens, like, yeah, well, I mean, I was working long days and now I get a little bit of a break. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not long days anymore. Now it's just like, well, I'm definitely like really ready to go back to flying, but mm-hmm. we're not flying yet. And it's like, that's okay. Like there's more to it than that. I mean, whether it's the, other opportunities in my life or whatever it is. I mean, I think that there is a plan. There's a reason. I mean, like I said, it could be a cumulative effect of all of these things, or it could be, I mean, who knows, maybe tomorrow I'll like have that moment of like the, the epiphany of like, wow, yeah. this is why it's great to be where I'm at right now. So just kind of taking every day with an open mind and, you know, trusting in him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Darren. That's one of my favorite things that I've always enjoyed about you as a friend is you've always had a good positive outlook on life. Um, even in difficult times, good times, you've always been really level headed about like, Hey, we have a good task at hand. We're working towards a goal, whether it's graduating the academy, getting through pilot training and as friends, keeping each other in check about that, you know, about, Hey, we'll make it through. And, you know, today sucks, but tomorrow's going to get better. Um, hopefully. Right. (laughs) So, so kind of like wrapping it up, um, as a last question, what's the best advice or what is some advice that you'd give young people who are working towards a goal or dream? Hmm. That's an interesting question in terms of like, I definitely can't say best advice because it's always, you know, it's always relative to the person. Right. But, um, I think the biggest thing kind of piggybacking off of my, that initial, I guess, assessment is that, Knowing yourself and what motivates you, what drives you, and how you process things, how you take things in is probably the biggest thing. I mean, as soon as you can get to where you at least have an idea of what works and doesn't work for you, I think you're going to be, you know, way ahead of the game in terms of like handling the situation. So, I mean, if you know that you're someone who has a visceral reaction, you know, just you feel deeply about anything that happens to you, being aware of that so that you can handle it pro- properly and have, mm-hmm. it, I guess, the appropriate channels, the appropriate support network, the appropriate whatever to kind of, like, deal with it is going to be huge. Conversely, if you're someone who, like, you know, doesn't feel anything ever, it's good to know that as well. It's just, like, you might need someone around to get that fire going and kind of, you know, like, put a little bit of pressure on you to do things. So I think knowing yourself and being able to kind of, like, recognize, I mean, your, your strengths and your weaknesses both, Having that kind of that realistic assessment of you as a person, how you um, how you deal with adversity as well as triumphs, just kind of really helps you a lot in terms of like going through things. Like I know that you know you said I'm, I tend to be level headed, but it's like I kind of script. I mean, sometimes it can be a little bit too much in terms of like almost apathetic. So it's just like there are some situations where I know I have to either you know 
you know, follow, I guess, the phrase, you know, throw my hat over the fence to kind of, like, force action on myself, or if it's something, like, I should be more excited about, it's just like, yeah, like, I need to see talk to someone who's a little bit more fired up than I am, you know, let them, let their, you know, their emotional energy kind of rub off on me, so, I mean, like, for me, it's just like, I know that because I tend to be so neutral, I have to get someone else, you know, I might have to rub off someone else's momentum, but then conversely, like, I try to find people who tend to be maybe too emotionally charged, whether it be, you know, positively or negatively, it's just like, hmm, you could probably use someone to kind of help bring you back down to earth a little yeah. bit, or like, you know, cozy on up to like, hey, man, or hey, you know, hey, dude, like, what's going on? Um, and whether that sort of to be like a woo buddy to kind of like calm the stress, or it's like someone who's just like way too on top of cloud nine, it's just like, hey, like, I, I don't want to be a downer, but it's like, let's just like think about a few things that are, you know, realistic possibilities here, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, like, whenever you're ready to talk about real life stuff, like, just let me know. Um, so I think this is kind of like a balance, but like at the end of the day, just knowing you and knowing your strengths and weaknesses and like kind of how to use them to your advantage, but also to shore up those weaknesses whenever they're, you know, it could be a, I guess a disability to you is kind of the thing that I would say. That's really that. good. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely to know yourself is to know great things. I think Sun Tzu said that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, don't <laughs> look it up because uh, <laughs> it's probably wrong. <laughs> probably wrong. But Darren, thank you so much for all the time, man. And this has been such a blessing because, like I said, we've been friends for a good while now. And I owe it to you and a good bunch of the ring dance buddies for setting me up with my beautiful bride. And yeah. that that yeah. story is – that's another story for another time here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, so perfect, man. Thank you so much for your time.